What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Listening to the sweet spot. I'm your host, Mike Alexander. Joining me, as always, Alex Remazowski. What's going on, Alex? Hello. Doing pretty good. Uh, just attempting to keep up with the rapid pace of this season, and uh, you know, you, you get the you get the crazy weeks, you get the awesome weeks, and then you get the interesting weeks like this, like the RBC Canadian Open. And here we are, and we have a major next week, and then, you know, three or four down. Yeah, the uh, the new schedule is definitely much more condensed. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if, if it feels so fast and furious next season or if it's just an adjustment period. Uh, I You know, I kind of like the little more spaced out, uh, especially in the summertime, you know, family things and th- stuff like that. You're, you're kind of... Uh, you know, time crunches aren't always uh, the best thing, but it's what we got. It's what we're playing with, and we are on to the Canadian Open, the RBC Canadian Open in the Great White North. So uh, tell us a little bit about what we're going to be dealing with up there in Canada this week, Alex. Yeah, so we've got, uh, we've got a new course on our hands. It's not a new course. I shouldn't say that. They, it, this tournament was last played here in 2012, but this is Hamilton Golf and Country Club in Ancaster, Ontario. If you're not really familiar with it, I don't blame you for not being familiar with it because we haven't seen it in a long, long time. Uh, this course or this tournament's normally played at Glen Abbey, which is much more familiar to the masses. Uh, that's pretty, pretty famous course, Glen Abbey. But I think it has something to do with the the shake around and schedule and everything. We are at Hamilton Golf and Country Club, and this course is a par 70. It is under 7,000 yards. We're seeing 6,900 on the tournament scorecard, so I'm going with that. It is, it, it's a short course. 6,900 yards is not long compared to especially what we've seen in the past few weeks. Like, Beth Page was nearly 7,500, possibly over 7,500. So uh, that adds up. Um, and you can jump right to the conclusion that par four scoring is going to be important. Ball striking, uh, 
your usual short course kind of stats. Like the par four is always very big for me. As soon as you see the courses anywhere near 7,000 or under, um, there's a lot of bunkers. It's from what I'm reading, what I'm looking at right in front of me, just looking at pictures of this course, uh, lots of trees, tree-lined fairways, and there are 88 bunkers on the course. So it's going to be similar to kind of some of what we've seen lately. Like even Mirfield uh, is a relatively short, bunker-filled, tricky course. I don't think it's going to necessarily play like super tricky, but um, from what I'm seeing out there, it seems like the rough is penalizing, and I'm probably going to be looking more at some accuracy players, and there's definitely some stuff to take into consideration with next week being a major and where everyone's standing in terms of that, so... That's pretty much what I've got on the course. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I would stop short of, of fading guys that, that are long hitters. You know, you're not going to seek them out. But uh, as always, the, the guys that can hit it long, you know, they can club down and still be at an advantage. You know, their their approach shots that are coming in from not as far uh, for them because they, they, you know, can can hit it 10 percent farther. Um yeah, that that does make a difference still. So you know they definitely have to have the accuracy. But guys like uh, you know, DJ and Rory, who who can have that accuracy at times, uh, you know, I'm not looking to to get away from. But yeah, the also the other thing you mentioned there that you know the the opens coming up, so guys are going to be tuning up, uh, possibly not looking to play deep into this one. Just you know, uh, make the cut and and kind of pack your bags, but. Um. Yeah, let's uh, let's jump in at the top because the the pricing's way up. Some of the highest we've seen in a while. Uh, eleven nine for DJ and, and eleven seven for Brooks. Yeah, which is pretty interesting, especially given that like, like if we are looking at Glenn Abbey right now, I guess you could justify where DJ is priced. But because it's a different course, that kind of muddies the waters for me. I don't know. What do you think about that? And eleven nine is a a huge number yeah i mean he's got to win at that number yeah yeah i mean like he has historically crushed glenn abbey so i mean at t2 t8 and first the past three years he's an rbc guy i don't know if that uh has any effect on anything it's like he's wearing the logo but i normally i err towards the side of this is the sponsored event the ricky fowler uh can't even remember what event that is but whatever ever he sucks every year and it's someone who are his sponsors i'm trying all i can think of is puma i don't know <laughs> uh, right. it's it, one of the insurance companies i think all state farm i think yeah no and then i just see the rocket mortgage commercials yeah <laughs> it's not a rocket mortgage open right Uh, i don't know whatever it is apparently it works out for dj but i honestly think that's a glenn abbey thing so yeah given i mean he's he's dustin johnson and this field is not the strongest field you're gonna see by any means so i mean i guess just given that alone given him in this field you could justify something over eleven thousand. He's always over 11,000, and then I guess they probably felt the need to 
juice it up a little bit because you go five names down and we're looking at like Scott Piercy. So right, yeah, it gets it gets weird. Uh, part of that's the course, but part of it's the field. Um, but yeah, then then you know Brooks, you got Rory, uh, Matt Kuchar at ten five, and Justin Thomas at ten k even to round out the five figure players. Yeah, I mean it's it's really hard to play anybody in this tier. Uh, you know, maybe JT if you think last week kind of got him back into shape, but he wasn't great last week. Where where are you at on JT? Yeah, I mean this whole this whole group is it's like a giant headache right here. I'm leaning towards like try to be contrarian, stay light. This week, because like, who knows what's going to happen, honestly, with just given the fact like we're coming off a pretty interesting tournament last week with Justin Thomas just coming back. Uh, you got an expensive Matt Kuchar at 10-5 and he just kind of like made his own another little scene last week, missed the cut. Mm-hmm. A lot of people hate him right now. And then you it looks like you got Brooks finally getting a little respect, like maybe for the first time ever, 11-7. And, and then you have the whole uh, narrative of like Brooks plays in these things before before a major just to, to yeah. warm up, and he never really does well. But we just saw him come in like second place right before the PGA Championship. So that's something to think about. I, I still think he does his usual, you know, he sucks this week and he comes out crushing <laughs> in the, in the U S open. But. Yeah. Like, I mean, I see him kind of doing what he did the week before the PGA championship, which would be stay relatively quiet, but toward the top and then kind of not really close it out in a quiet manner, finish top five. Nobody's really talking about him. And then he's there for the open and, like, uh, he's tweeting, uh, this is the Canadian major, and uh, I think he, he, it was some promoted tweet about RBC and playing mm-hmm. here this week, and then there were some responses based around, oh, but it's not a major, so you're not going to do well, and he responded saying, it's Canada's major. And I actually tweeted at that and I said, let's be real here. I'm pretty sure Brooks hasn't touched a club since he put out for the win at Bethpage. <laughs> and Brooks Kepka liked that tweet. <laughs> and I did a little investigative uh, work here, some investigative journalism. And he's not a serial liker like Bryson DeChambeau, like some of these other golfers. Right. Somebody's got somebody doing their PR for him. Uh, he's so, yeah, it's interesting. It's like uh, uh, pretty much confirming that he hasn't played golf since Beth Page. I wouldn't doubt it, but <laughs> one way or another, 11-9, 11-7, those are large numbers, but you'll see in a second. We drop right down into the low sevens pretty immediately here. So I don't know if I had to choose like, two of these guys up top for a contrarian look at this. I would probably go Kuchar and JT because everyone got pissed at him last week. And they're both great short course par four players. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. Then uh, as we get into the nines, uh, Webb Simpson, Sergio, Scott Piercy, Henrik Stenson, and Brant Snedeker. 
some old standbys in in this group. Uh, you know, it, you might have to start here with your lineups if, if you want to be able to not have some ridiculous names. Well, what's your favorite out of this bunch? I have a feeling the two popular picks here are going to be Scott Piercy and Webb Simpson. Sergio, I mean, I think Sergio deserves to be right here. I think that's a great price for him. I'm interested yeah. in him, but I do really like Webb Simpson. Like, he's statting out across the board for me for this course, for how he's been playing. And quietly, he's never, like, hugely owned, so I like Webb a lot. And then Scott Piercy is going to qualify for me as the chalk that I fade. Yeah, I, I'm not a big Piercy guy to begin with, and chalk Piercy's usually trouble. Where are you at on Stenson? Stenson has been like just one of those guys this year that it's like him and John Rahm that I'm just 100% wrong on all the time. Yeah, so, I mean, but he's been consistent enough that like you can justify playing him, especially at 9,100. Like he had the injury questions and and, and some inconsistency, but now he's kind of gotten steady. So, you know, this kind of field, like Sergio and Stenson are – the kind of guys, uh, I, I'm, you know, if it's a GPP, that might be where I'm starting a lineup, uh, just because it's Stenson gets a lot of play, uh, even through all this, the, you know, some of his trouble. But Sergio, it's just tough to roster Sergio and and not think you're just lighting money on fire. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like and Henrik, I don't know. I I like to try to picture when I'm going through this list, like who can I picture legitimately winning this tournament and i have trouble like actually seeing him win but his overall consistency kind of eases that for me kind of like patrick cantley last week i think by sunday morning i had bet nine of the top 10 guys and patrick cantley was not one of them because i was like this guy he's gonna finish in second like, right. this is Patrick Cantlay. He's going to come in second one way or another. That's what he does. And so, like, Henrik Stenson, I just feel like I, I just don't see him winning. But 9,100 and just the fact that he's been historically and very recently just consistent enough to not hurt you. Like, I don't think it would hurt, like you said, to start yeah. with him. Yeah, and, and when you're talking irons at a course, he's one of the first guys you think of. So, yeah. Um. And then uh, old Sneds there, uh, coming off of two top 20s. He's the best form we've probably seen him in a, in a good while. So can't, He can't seems be to play well in Canada, too. So, yeah. Alright, then getting into the eights. Some names, some surprising names, and, uh, you know, a, a kind of a mixed bag. What, uh, who's the, you know, you, you've got, let's say... You've got Webb in your lineup. He was your first guy. Who's the second one you're putting in that lineup uh, out of this group of the eights? It's interesting because it's a small group, but I am I'm very tempted to stay on Bud Colley. He looked like very good last week. He had a little uh, I hit like one bad hole on. I think it was Saturday that he hit in the water and doubled, and he was like right up there first. I think it was like a five way tie for first. Pull one in the water, fell a few back, and then kind of stayed down there. But that was someone who I wanted to be playing last week, and I just didn't have the balls to actually do it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so it makes me want to do it here in this group, like Shane Lowry, no thanks. Like I actually played him at the PGA Championship, and I was very proud of that because he was priced at like sixty five hundred or something. But that's because he hits the ball a long way. He's like a Euro Tour guy who plays those weird courses, like Beth Page kind of resembled. So I could easily pass him up, but Furick is consistent. I I always like I never want to play him, but he was part of the the big money lineup last week. So like like it's just kind of still along the contrarian line here. And Bud Colley, Jim Furick, and Keegan screwed me last week, so I want to say no, but I should probably say yes, Keegan. Yeah, I mean it's it's a weird mix for Keegan lately. The two missed cuts uh, with. Uh, decent result at, at the PGA Championship, so you don't know what to think with Keegan. Yeah, he was he was like right there with uh, with JT last week, where they both looked good after uh, the first round, and then they were hanging in, hanging in, and then just imploded on like the second half of Friday, which was extremely painful to like go into your weekend like that because like <laughs> those were two of my heavier guys there, and. If they had made the cut, I would have had a much different week. Um, but I don't know. Like I said, I feel like this is a good week to kind of go against the grain. And he's been playing well with the exception of kind of like the last nine holes on Friday of last week. Uh, and then, you know, while we're talking fades, you got uh, Adam Hadwin, the, the first person most people think of when you say Canadian golfer. Uh, he doesn't seem to do well in his home country, at least from my experience. You on the same page there? Yeah, I mean, I, I've i been, like, just completely ignoring him because he He's got a little great. hot <laughs> last year, and then, he, and then he faded away. I'm surprised to see his price where it is, to be honest. Maybe it's just the fact he's Canadian. <clears throat> yeah, that's... Um... Probably what it is. I mean, he's got a couple courses, like in the Southwest, he plays well. But uh, outside of that, he's not really a relevant golfer most of the time. All right, let's dip into the sevens. Uh, you know, there are names down here. Um, Jimmy Walker is one that I'm, I'm kind of interested in here. Um, Alex Noren, I mean, in this field to be in the sevens is still surprising, even though he hasn't been the and a, you know a great golfer he's gotten a little more consistent he's at least not you know missing cuts and yeah and he's a he's a he's an iron player i mean yeah. that's that's kind of been when he was finishing well last year it was it was pretty much due to his irons and uh that, that is interesting because his price has been like so high and so low and everything in between yeah. i i mean to just looking right at this group here, this is where your lineups are going to kind of be made here. Cause there's a lot of names and a lot of players in here that you could see being in the mix on Sunday, or you could see missing the cut. And that is very scary, mm-hmm. but it also presents quite a bit of opportunity. Um, I think someone's <clears throat> probably going to be pretty popular. Corey Connors at 7,500. Yeah. I was just going to ask you how chalky you think Connors is going to be Canadian ball striker. <laughs> it's <laughs> he's interesting. got the whole narrative going. It's interesting that he's next to Mackenzie Hughes though, who I've already heard his name mentioned like five different times this week. And let me tell you, I have, I have not been really reading around the industry too much. And I have, 
still caught his name a lot of times. I know RBC is let go. He's a Canadian favorite, Mackenzie Hughes. I, so it's interesting. Um, Corey Connors, though, he like you said, he's he's a ball striker. He's Canadian. It makes sense, but he's he's making cuts too. Like I had him last week. He ended up being a big disappointment. Not that it mattered by the time he was to disappointment level, but um, I guess really. Aaron Wise at 7,800, people have been super high on him, and he has been shaky. He finished well at the Wells Fargo, and then he qualified into, or got himself into the PGA. Maybe he was already there because he had a couple wins, but um, and then he kind of started disappointing there. But we all know what he's capable of, and I think that's a very interesting play because yeah. he's another ball striker. And then Joaquin Neiman, I feel like I'm ready to start playing again. Yeah, he's shown some signs of life. Yeah, and uh, I feel like if I say his name, I curse him. But <laughs> I don't he's know. He's another young guy, you know. They're just they're. It's hard enough to be consistent on tour and, and you know playing these courses for the first time. Uh, a lot of the time, getting getting used to a tour schedule. Uh, there's a lot to figure out uh, as a young golfer, but. Indeed. And anybody else down here in the sevens, you know, it goes for a while. The sevens is a huge, huge tier this week. Yeah, the, the sevens definitely uh, drag on here. And that's, I guess, only adding uh, some oomph to the point that you're going to you're going to live and die by the sevens here this week. The eights is like, I mean, you look at that, the eight people priced in the eights this week. How many people is it? How many players is this? It's uh, 11 guys. And then in the sevens, you've got. Uh, it's a lot. <laughs> 47. So uh, huge group here. Uh, notable Canadian Nick Taylor. He's been sucking lately, which is interesting because. Rewind about a month. He was uh, playing some great golf. Um, someone who's going to be definitely noticed because of their Canadian history and some of their recent play, Danny Lee, who I continue to refuse to play. Yeah, he's uh, he's not a great play. He's got a few spots that they're just courses that he fits great, and, and that's the only time I'm ever interested in Danny Lee. Yep. Yeah, uh, if I'm going off my, I I got a I got a small model put together here. So I'd I'd like to make some bold calls like I do because actually I don't know if you saw this, but Fantasy National now has an option where you can uh, they put in like random names for every player. Uh, oh yeah, it, like like not like random golfer names. It's like random like like super right. Random, so so Batman you're not. You're not biased. Exactly. And I was like, this is uh, very interesting because I preach how I like weird events because it's like some of the guys you don't know, some you haven't seen in a long time. So you can just you can go off the numbers and you can just live and die by the, yeah. the stats, which I think golf has kind of proved that like that's not really necessarily how golf works. But I, I mean, there are some hardcore biases, at least in my head. I know that. And one guy burns you one week, you don't want to play him the next week. So it's interesting. Yep. But going off numbers here, guys in the sevens, Corey Connors, who we mentioned, Nick Watney, I think is probably going to be popular because he's got both the RBC history and recent history. 
Uh, some Jimmy Walker. He has been trending up, but not up enough for me, I don't think. Brian Harmon, uh, kind of similar note with him. He can just be very bad, but he can also be a good golfer. I would probably look past him. And then we mentioned Neiman. Zach Johnson is at 7,600. That's, I think, a, that's a... That's an interesting play in this field with, I mean, 7,600 compared to those guys in the 11s. Like, he he can win tournaments. We we know that. And then down below there is, I don't know, you got anyone else to shout out in that, in that range? Uh, when I think, like, par fours and uh, accuracy, Ryan Armour is always kind of in the back of my head. He's, you know, he's never going to win a tournament he's never gonna top 10 a tournament but in this field you know he's usually like high sixes he's 7200 in this field like that's basically mid sixes <laughs> you know if you if you convert it so uh, yeah yeah he, he's a he might be just a good fairways, filler second in fairway has gained over the last 24 i can't remember what i'm looking at but yeah i mean he hits fairways and like he, he knows and his it, game and, and he just does his thing he, he's not going to make a lot of mistakes he's not going to push it so in this field i don't see him missing the cup but yep i like that oh uh harold varner is 7100 they just keep him down there they just keep him down there and they ask for you to play him every week which is high risk high reward crazy yeah i mean again probably not the course you necessarily picture him striving at but he shows up like once every month and he's going to be like top 10 once a month and you're going to say i play harold varner so much what the hell was i thinking not playing him this week so uh someone to think about there um ollie ollie schneider jan someone i always want to play on these shorter par (laughs) four semi-difficult courses might end up breaking your heart but we'll maybe likely have a good thursday friday and then uh I'll pray for you past then. Right. All right. Getting into the to the punts. I mean, there's not a lot down here that's recognizable, but you, you got a name or two. Hmm. I, I got one for you, and it's it's friend of the pod, Dominic Bazzelli. He's due. Sixty three hundred. You know, he's he's always seems to be better in these these weaker fields that, you know, early in the season, stuff like that, the off weeks kind of events. I feel like this is a spot that he can at least make the cut and, and who knows, you know, maybe a little better. Um, but you know, you, you mentioned him when it's par four courses and that's where we're at this week. Yes. I, I completely agree with that one. You do definitely see him have success in some of these more off event, weaker field events. Number one, Number two, I think it's, like, amazing. It's funny that, like, you see his name getting a lot of love in the DFS industry. Not a lot, but, like, enough to notice him, like, throughout DraftKings, which is funny. Um, And number three, I think my main concern with him, just, like, I follow him because I know him and all that, and I just, like, am curious to see how he's doing. I know he's kind of teetering on the edge of, like, we're not going to see his name as much as we do right now, and he still has space to 
you know, I mean, you win a PGA Tour event and boom, your life has changed forever. But he's been out here for two, three years now, and he's had a lot of good finishes, but a lot of good three rounds and then an off round or good two rounds and off round and then a decent round. He screws up with the driver and on a 6,900 yard course that is somewhat similar to the one we grew up playing in the fact that it's not that long and it's pretty much an accuracy par four based course. I think he could definitely have some success here. He's in Canada. He's from upstate New York. So, I mean, this time of year, it's pretty much the same thing. I like the call, especially you get driver out of his hand for most of the holes, hopefully. And that price is extremely enticing. So I like that. Um, Johnson Wagner's been playing well. That's that's a name I'll throw out there. I, I got one more Canadian, Adam Svensson. Uh, his, ah. his his profile fits here. He's not playing well, but you know may, maybe getting back in his home country, a little uh, you know some some friendly Canadian confines could help. Yeah, that uh, he he was a name we talked about a little bit early in the season. Then yeah, he young guy, people were expecting things. Yeah, there are some names that are like strangely like statting out well for me, but it's like right. I guess likely because when I say thirty, but I did put it over the last few months, so maybe they just I I don't know. You, you really got to dig into like uh, what models are popping out at you sometimes um, with the names that you're lesser familiar with, but. David Lingmurth, how did he end up doing last week? T41. He was he was someone who I was like, God, I don't know what to do with last week because he had such good course history. But his past two outings, he's made the, made the cut. He's 6,900. He's done okay in Canada. So that's someone I guess you could think about. But down deep, it, it does kind of get uh, few and far between. But like we said, start start your lineups a little lower. And then you're going to have all the freedom to, to do what you want in the sevens and eights. All right. Let's let's wrap with our uh, one-and-done talk. So is this a week you're interested in You know, taking one of these top guys because there's so little competition, try to get some guaranteed money? Or is it too close to a major and you don't know who's really committed and, and you don't want to you know burn a name like Brooks or Rory? Um on a week that they might just be trying to figure their driver out. Yeah. I mean, if you're in the mix in your one and done, I would personally go with like a, I would go with Webb Simpson. Like Webb Simpson seems like the perfect name to yeah, use. In a he was on done. the tip of my tongue. Yeah. Like him or like even maybe, uh, I, I would say Sergio, but he has a bigger chance of missing the cut or like right. a, maybe a Stenson. But if you're someone like me, who, if you choose a guy, he misses the cut, and you just are the worst one-and-done player in the whole entire world, <laughs> then maybe you can, like, drop down and go with someone like Don Bazzelli. <laughs> right. Or Shane Lowry. That works, too. That works, too. Yeah, no, I mean, I really think, like, Webb Simpson seems like the one-and-done pick to me. That was, and the fact that you were on the same page says something. Um but I would say you can get creative here. Um, yeah, if you have a guy a like Kucher left. Either. Yeah, that's a good one too because 
Kuchar, I kind of like in tournaments like the Open because I like seeing him grind it out at right. like difficult, difficult, windy, crazy courses. But right. so we'll see how Pavel plays next weekend, and uh, it, it it's going to be an interesting end of the season here. I it's crazy as the end of the season just turned June, but it's not really end of the season. We've got some time left here, but yeah, those are. Those are the names. Matt Kuchar, Webb Simpson. Those are my one-and-done favors there. Yeah, I'm right there with you. All right, guys, that's what we got this week. As always, you can subscribe to the uh, Lineup Logic tools, uh, the cheat sheet, the Slack chat. Go to patreon.com slash lineuplogic. $10 a month, month-to-month commitment, and uh, you get to be our friend. So uh, consider it. Alex, good luck this week, and we'll uh, we'll talk next week for uh, our third major of the season. Yes, we will. All right. Take care. May the sports be with you. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.